Hey, I'm Nate Flax. I'm Noah Longworth-McGuire. And this is Talking Lion. Talking Lion is a podcast focused on artist-to-artist conversation. We're primarily artists, a duo called Sleeping Lion, but we've been lucky enough to write, produce, and hang out with so many incredible rising artists since we started our project. Whether it's at sessions or parties or over cups of coffee, we've talked with our creative friends about everything. Music, life, love, and all the subtle complexities that come with being in the middle of a journey. Talking Lion is about hitting record in these conversations and sharing them with you. There's no real structure, nothing really prepared, just friends talking about life and what it's been like and where it's going. We recorded this episode with our new friend, Happy Sometimes. We were first introduced to Happy Sometimes both through her boyfriend, John, who plays drums for the band Transviolet, and her manager, Nils, from the Complex Group. Some context for this interview. Happy Sometimes was weeks away from releasing her new single, Pooh Bear, set for August 7th. She also recently went platinum for a song with dubs titled Parallel Lines. Throughout this interview, we all had quite a few mimosas, plus a shoddy Jägermeister, so consider yourselves warned. I had to cut roughly 20 minutes of uncontrollable laughter, and yet there's still plenty of laughter left over. What you're about to hear are three people getting to know each other while gradually getting drunk. An additional disclaimer from Happy Sometimes, she would like everyone to know that despite her jokes, she really loves her mom. An incredible songwriter with a lifetime of hard-earned lessons, Happy Sometimes is a kind, hilarious, and carefree friend. We really enjoyed talking, drinking, and laughing with her. So, without further ado... I'm Happy Sometimes, and this is Talking Lion. Well, uh, welcome, welcome on. It's, it's good to see you. We've been drinking champagne, so this is all brought to you by champagne. Yeah. This conversation this is brought good. to you by yep. mimosas. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about it, to be honest. Oh, we'll see how it goes. But I f- figure everybody should have the the heads up that this is a yeah. mimosa fueled. It's just getting started, but it's just progressively getting, we'll but get buckle in because this is going to be a wild ride. Yeah. Should we have some sort of game involved? Like definitely. You know, whenever somebody says music, we all. Take a shot. Take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Yeah. We we each like how about this? Over the we each have a ding. Oh yeah. All right. So at one point during like we each get one, but we at one get point one ding. we say somebody says ding, and they have to like sing it, and we'll just take a big we swig drink. of whatever. Okay. Like, like at any time. Any, yeah, yeah. At any time. But you get yeah. one, we, we all get one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, we only get one. Gosh, dang it. That was the whole thing. You that get, was a get, practice run. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was a practice was, run. We, okay. we know how to do it. All right, you, you get one ding <laughs> at some point. After this ding. After this. <laughs> well, Kara, it's, it's good to see you. Uh, tell us Thank about you. your entire life. Um, uh, well, I started as a young boy. And, no. Um, <laughs> what do you, like, where do I begin? Well, so you, you, you're you from Orange County, yeah? Yeah. From Orange County. <laughs> I, yeah, I grew up in... Uh, Laguna Beach, California. Um, By the water? Yeah. Sounds nice. It's nice. It's really slow down there, but it's beautiful. Um, Somehow found my way to Texas, and uh, I was there for like seven years. We're in Texas. Frisco. It's like 30 minutes north of Dallas. Okay. I'm like nervous. No, like, what's nervous. up? Oh, good. Hey. Um, <laughs> no, so I uh, I lived in Dallas and that was a, an interesting time. Well, so did you have any siblings growing up? Yeah, I have two older brothers. Nobody in my family does music, so it's confusing. I what don't do know. your parents do? Well, my dad does like a dad job. I don't know. Dad? Some software, computer soft sales. The Sales. mafia. Dad stuff. Dad stuff. <laughs> He's Tony Soprano. And yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And my mom is... 
mom 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 jobs mom jobs no she doesn't have a job but it's okay i feel like your, your, your parents are just three kids in a trench coat like yeah. we're do we're doing a business yeah. i never had any parents <laughs> no yeah i mean i grew up a pr- pretty normal normal life normal <laughs> normal california upbringing. well in, no, in texas it sounds like it was in texas yeah so yeah. my mom's from here my dad's from texas okay. so at some point my mom was like we can't live here anymore because everybody like it's just lots of money down in orange county lots of well i mean laguna beach Beach, yeah it's laguna beach and my mom wanted to see or us to see you know that there's more out there and so we moved to texas how old were you when you moved to texas 10 okay um was that was that hard did you have like friends in laguna that you had to say goodbye to no i've never really had friends (laughs) oh you have us hey hey no but i just i've always been so focused like i was a figure skater for 10 years growing up wait what yeah I did it for a long time and I started when I was seven. So I was just never really involved in like school. That, what? (laughs) What got you into into figure skating? Well, my mom was like, well, you need to do something. (laughs) You're seven. God God dang it. Did your siblings have a similarly, like was your brother great at uh, shuffleboard? No, no, nobody did anything. My brother like dropped out of school when he was like 16 and moved to Hawaii. My other brother did school. What do they both do now? My oldest brother, Ryan, is a bartender. The middle one, Jacob, is went to Chapman for um, screenwriting. Oh, cool. And just got married. Hey, <laughs> mazel tov. Yeah. Mazel. Mazel, yeah. I'm not sure I, which. Although you're, you're halfway there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm almost disappointed neither of them <coughs> did shuffleboard. What a, what a game that is. I wish. Yeah. You know, sand on the table. Yeah. Um, no, but sound sounds so... <laughs> What what stops? I feel like I can't look at you guys. <laughs> Hello. Are we just funny looking? Should I put no? It's just <laughs> it's the beard. I have a terrible beard. Right I feel now, like my right? face is really red. It is a little red. It's the champagne. Should I put my glass, like my sunglasses on? Is it bright in here? Uh-huh. No, I don't think it will. <laughs> well, what what ended this illustrious current figure skating? Music. So I mean, like, <laughs> I <laughs> music only, music, fucking music. Music, music, like, music came along with like a bat and just like hit your. <laughs> Music. Yeah, no, it, it, um... I, Cara. I started, like, writing songs when I was, like, around the same time I was figure skating. And, like, they were about, like, shopping and, like, my mom and, like, just, you know. It was, do you remember the name of your first song ever? Oh, God. Like, my first actual recorded song, yeah, but there were so many bad yeah. ones, you know. What was I mean, the name of the yeah, first recorded one? Yeah, Wouldn't Leave Me, I think it was called. It's about the Gap employees? Totally. One hundred percent. Yeah, no, it was just I love shopping with my mom. That was like a song. I'm pretty sure. Um, the song was called Shopping with Your Mom. I think it was. That's there were great. pictures that like accompanied the songs. It was like in crayon, on like construction paper. My mom was like, "Yeah, sure. <laughs> Don't do that. Stay skating." Did either of them sing? Like, did they have any? My dad thinks he can sing. Um, he had a guitar. Like, he would play guitar growing up. My mom would like scream at him because he was so bad. And he'd like he'd like strip down to his underwear and just start playing guitar and just be really obnoxious. And is like, that where you found, this is my family. Is I'm like, my family's really normal. My family is very normal. Yeah. yeah um, my, my dad just on Tuesdays would get uh, he'd get naked, naked and, and just start playing guitar. Yeah. No, I think we do that in, in uh, Times Square too. You know. Yeah, he's like the naked cowboy. <laughs> naked That's cowboy, my dad. Yeah. No, my mom also thinks she can sing. Sorry, mom, but she can't. Is she finding out now? This is the first this time. This is the first time. I don't know. My whole family, they're very creative. Everyone in my family is creative, but musically inclined, not so much. I hate to see it. I hate to well, see all right. So, so you were writing songs and you were like, was there a point when you thought, hey, this is the thing? 
that took a while. I was like 14 when th- when that happened. And I just kept listening to music and thinking that everything sucked. <laughs> I was like, wow, we really need some good pop music out here. And I was going to be the one to do it. So I taught myself how to like produce on GarageBand or what I thought was producing on GarageBand when I was 14. I think I need a cough. <coughs> Hold on. Get it out. <coughs> Should I hit the jewel or something? Um, <laughs> Deep breaths. Wait. Do we all hold hands? Let's hold hands. My neck's on the mic. (laughs) (laughs) Do we like say like a... Should we manifest our intentions for the... Yeah, what are they? Uh, Uh, To get through it. Get through it. I need to get this whatever it is out of my throat. It's the mic. (laughs) (laughs) God. I feel like I need to like... (laughs) It's fine. Everything's fine, everybody. Yeah, like you were, so you're producing when you're 14, you were making these songs. Yes. Having your heart broken for the first time. That happened later. Like, I didn't kiss a boy until I was 16. And then I just went on a spree because I was like, I started writing songs and I was like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> I was like Taylor Swifting my, oh, my so life. I was away. like, spree of what? And I'm like, oh, both. both. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 Just like getting into I just went through like college years when I was really young because I never, I didn't go to high school. So I just had a very. Were you homeschooled? Uh, you could say that. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I could say that. <laughs> you could say that. Um, I was home. <laughs> but, but that you, the yeah. state just breaks in and just like, yeah, you were required to do another two layers. Yeah, of, yeah. Of, of well, it's more than that. Yeah. No, I, I, so I went to private school my whole life and I was simultaneously doing music and whatever. But like, I was the person that I would try to find like my niche at school because everybody did that. Like, you either were in theater or like, choir or something if you did music and so I thought that like oh maybe I'll find you know something there and I was just like the worst at everything like I was never in any plays or like had any friends <laughs> so no, I, I, I found that musicians out here actually like that's kind of a commonality yeah like, everybody's yeah. Kind, kind of the underdog yeah because they just had to work twice as hard right because I mean there were the people who were naturally gifted at school and you're, they would get the leads and they were get like all yeah. that stuff but it's funny because like looking at where I am now I really I never got anything like people were just like what why does she think she can try out for the lead role of Annie who is this bitch yeah she's not even <laughs> redheaded she, she, she doesn't even go here <laughs> but, but no I just Who's I is the lead role of Annie is it Annie is <laughs> I can't deal with it. <laughs> so you weren't Annie. Was not Annie. I was not anything. <laughs> I like you had to get letters to come back to the school basically every every year like cuz it it was private and they're like but it was pretty much they went to everyone. Which letter like? It was you? like come back. Oh. And like Oh, that was like R. No, and in <laughs> funny. In in 8th grade my last year of school ever, I didn't get the letter. Like literally everyone in the entire school got the letter except for me, so. Wait, so it would be like getting your college acceptance letter, but just like every year of school? You yeah, had to, they'd like, be like, come back. Like we welcome you, were, you like, back. worthy to come back to school. Yeah. That and sounds lo- like, that's, that's, a lot. Ho- that's some Hogwarts bullshit. Oh, it was some bullshit, bullshit, trust yeah. me. There was a lot of weird, it was Texas, so. Oh. There was like a period of time where I had to sit alone at lunch. But yeah, basically I, I didn't go back and I was homeschooled for a year and that was like miserable. And then my mom's like, well, that's not going to work out. <laughs> so then she put she put me in public school and I was like, public school? I get to wear whatever I want? Like, I was super excited. Yeah. And that was short, short-lived. It turned into like a Mean Girls situation. Oh. Like, actually, like, play-by-play. Play, Somebody movie. was hit by a bus. 
<laughs> I became Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. No, um, wait, wait, did somebody get hit by a bus is my question. No. I mean, might as well. No, I and just school wasn't for me. And I just was always doing music. And here I am. And Tina Fey was your teacher. And yeah. Cool. Yeah. Mean Girls, play by play. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Did you go to college? Do I look like I went to college? <laughs> Do I seem like I went to college? If you don't go to high school, you're not yeah, getting it's into hard college. To, I would imagine it's pretty hard to get into college. We average half a degree. Yeah. That's so, great. Yeah. That's better than me. Well, you know. I don't even have a diploma. <laughs> Just kidding. Stay in school. I did graduate technically when I was 16. From high school? From, yeah, from just. Is school. that like a GED? <laughs> Well, they have a California high school proficiency exam. That's cool. Here. Like, so can, it sounds can, a, a can little you do better. Math, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was hard. It was like, it was hard because I didn't go to school. So <laughs> I didn't know anything. They're like trigonometry. I was like, I didn't even take algebra. So, so were you focusing like most of your energy into music at that point after you're like, school's not for me. Like, was that how you're, you were spending your time? Yeah. And you were learning how to produce. What were you learning how to produce on? I was doing garage band until Logic. Yeah, so when I was in Texas, I was actually going to this music school. It was kind of like an after school sort of situation. Um, and they had like a master class there. And I started through that touring kind of with this group called the Velocity Tour. Mm. And it was just all around Texas and like they did the US and stuff like that. And there was just a lot going on there. So it was like you. What was the Velocity Tour? Like what? It was like going to like certain events and doing like everything was choreographed and everything was like a certain vibe. Like we did like a Motown. It was it was interesting. It was weird. Was it like um, <laughs> like adult kids bop? Sort of. Okay. Not not really. It was like there was like four people in it, so it was okay. it was very oh, like. Oh, so it was like okay. Yeah, and it wasn't like we sang together. It was kind of like we all were. Do you still keep in touch with the other people who were in it? It's weird because most of those people ended up out here and I've reconnected with them like recently. Are they all like songwriters and Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, a, it's, it was a weird thing. Why did you move from Texas to Los Angeles? So because I was involved in this this group of kids that was in music or, or whatever, I ended up going to, we did like a quote, quote field trip um, to the NAM show. Oh, in Anaheim? Random as fuck, yeah. So the woman who owned this company, her son is a musician. But he, she was, she made, she started a label and she was, she signed one artist and then she signed her son. So they were setting up meetings out here in LA and all that when we all came out in the for the field trip to Nam. Right. But because my family's from here, me and my mom stayed with my grandma down in Laguna and the rest of the group stayed up here. But because we were separate, they set up a meeting just to with a producer and a manager just to kind of get us like acquaintance <laughs> acquainted yeah. with the idea of meeting with people in LA and just kind of getting the experience and yada yada. The so, weather. Yeah, is yeah. that, you know. So we had a meeting set up and my mom's always on time and we showed up and uh, no one else was there, but we were there for like an hour before everyone else got there. So we had like, I sat down with these two guys and basically that's how I ended up back here. That was kind of the first thing that happened. Were, were they here. industry or writers, producers? Industry. So one of them was a producer. The other was a manager. They're both bullshit, but it started a process mm -hmm. and it's like in music, like my entire career, this far has just been the chain reaction of certain things happening. Obviously that course, happens, yeah. you know, yeah. but it was pretty crazy. Cause I got this feeling when I was there that like, it was just supposed to happen. Like I had like chills, like, and I cried afterwards. I was like, 
I know that I'm like supposed to be here and like I'm gonna come back here and like all this stuff. The feeling of being in the right place. Yeah, and it was such like a total, like I could see my whole life like happening and it sounds so dumb. No, but like, <clears throat> I think everybody has had that feeling. Yeah. When it, like, the pieces finally. I live in like a fantasy land all the time. Like there's no reality at all in my brain. <laughs> so like to me, like the most like horrible thing could happen to me and I would still be like, but this is supposed to happen. And like, I'm gonna get through it and it's gonna teach me something. Like that's just, it's very, I'm very optimistic. I think the first that. time we hung out, we talked about yeah. things happening for a reason. Yeah. Cause I'm on the opposite side of it, but like. A lot of people are, well, <laughs> that's normal. I think, I, think, I think things happen and we give it reason, but like, it's all the same thing. Is that right. if you, you know, are doing the thing and, and something happens and you're adaptable and you're, you know, even the, the worst, most horrible things can happen and, and, and you can make a life, you know, normal again or, right. or you're even better from it. You right. Know? Yeah. It's, um, it's been a trip cause I, I see one place that I'm going and if it, if it has anything to do with that, I'm, I'm in. And then it just yeah. leads to the, it's like a ladder. It just, I know that this, even if this thing doesn't work out, it's going to lead to something else that's going to yeah. work out and then yada, yada, yada. I mean, I, I used to cringe <clears throat> at the word manifesting. Yeah. Like in a lot of ways, that's just a filter system. Right. When I, when I feel like I'm, I'm messing up, like I'm imagining that like I'm driving 10 years from now, like in a Tesla, like on the 101 and you know, I, I mess up and the car disappears and I'm just tumbling on the, right. you right. know, like I feel like I have a sort of back to the future responsibility to like yeah. whatever this sort of vision of the future is. Right. You know, do you, do you feel that sort of responsibility? Yeah. I mean, I've always said like, if I don't have music, like I would die because <laughs> mm-hmm. I just, and not even like in the sense, like in the act of making music and all of that, it's like, I don't have an identity without this thing mm-hmm. being my identity. And I, I forgot to like mention like the, the first thing I ever did when I, that kind of gave me like the quote bug or whatever. I was eight and I sang at the school talent show and I was the girl that like never got anything. Like I told you, I was yeah. never in, I was never Annie. <laughs> <laughs> but I sang cause anyone could do it. They don't like, you know, audition. And I sang If I Ain't Got You by Alicia Keys oh, and nice. I like wore a fedora and I just like, <laughs> I stood out there and I was shaking, but I sang and I had like a standing ovation and all this stuff. This was before I moved to Texas, but everyone was like, what the heck was that? Cause she's like the most shy person which is kind of why my mom put me in ice skating because I was really shy. Right. And then since then, it was just like, I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be a star. <laughs> I mean, now I know it's more than that, but it's, you know. Or whether or not anybody really wants that whole yeah. thing. Right. Yeah. But I always, I, I just, I didn't care how I was going to get famous. I just wanted to be famous. <laughs> but I, not anymore. That's not the, that's not the dream, obviously. It's much more. No, of There's course. much more depth. But I mean, I think you, you get, you get the bug. I think, yeah. um, in, in a weird way, I was always very hit by the idea of like Boney Vera going out into a cabin and like passing around the tape. You know, I think before that, uh, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I like music. It's cool. But the idea that you could be sad and go to some random cabin somewhere yeah. and come back with like a masterpiece was. It's the most tangible form of emotion. I mean, music is like the most crazy th- job and thing to oh, do. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's, it's such an inter- It's been such an interesting experience my entire life. And like, it, it feeds itself, I think, in a really nice way too. Like, yeah. I, I always feel in a way like Bruce the shark from uh, Finding Nemo. <laughs> like you know, you just get the little smell of blood, and all of a sudden you're like, oh right, oh, we're doing yeah. this. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and um, it's it's weird when you get like the little glimpses of things. Like I, I feel like when I look at my life, I see the timeline. I see every everything exactly for what it is and why it happened. And obviously in the moment, it's much harder to be there, but it's, it's it's so weird. I feel like a weirdo. Someone stop me from talking. (laughs) I mean, that's that's kind of the whole point of this. (laughs) (laughs) 
You're here to talk. Yeah, Say whatever true, you want. True. <laughs> Was there anything about figure skating that you feel has been a somewhat like relevant lesson in what you're doing now? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I was getting up at 5 a.m. every morning before school when oh, I wow. did go to school. Is the world skating. around at 5 a.m.? Like, the, uh, is it loaded no. yet? No. Okay. No. It's yeah. dark. It's weird. It's weird. Ryan Seacrest on the radio. Weird. The what? year is 2001. <laughs> it's always 2001 at 5 a.m. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Seacrest is giving away Ryan's roses. <laughs> you have a Walkman and it's skipping? Yeah. I'm searching through every now that's what I call music CD to find <laughs> the one Blink-182 song. <laughs> when you moved out to Los Angeles, did you start as an artist project or you just ripped the jewel Yeah, on the I'm side, like, when did so... you start joining? <laughs> yeah. You're like the chocolate rain guy, just like moving away from the mic to, uh, to breathe. <laughs> to breathe. the jewel. Anyways, what are you saying? <laughs> did you start the artist project while you were in Los Angeles? Like when you first moved to Los Angeles, or did you start doing the songwriting thing first? First of all, it's not a project. It's my life, man. Oh, you know, sorry. But uh, listen, I agree <laughs> no. and I understand you. I know. It's excellent. I just needed that from you. Um You're recognized and I see you for your truth. Thank you. Yeah. What are we talking about? <laughs> Did you start songwriting yes. or start an artist uh, pro artist experience? Artist, comma. Artist experience, yeah. So I Is that fair? Artist experience is where I'm Would you describe um, yourself as an experience? I think I would ex describe myself as like an experiment. <laughs> How often are you happy? Ugh, never. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Whoa. I'm I'm like perpetually happy and also like chronically like confused and sad. Okay, I, I feel that. It's like I'm I'm sad, but I'm like happy that I'm sad. I feel like I'm the setup to the first act of a movie. Like I feel like everything that's going on just right adds now. One. Yeah, I feel like everything that's going on in my life is setting me up to be this like safe character. That is, has buried every flaw. Yeah. That then will have to be challenged by like the inciting incident. Are you planning like a murder? Because I feel like that's where you're going with. No, this. that's not. No, I'm. I'm somebody I know will be murdered, and okay. I'm he will to, go on a journey of self discovery. Yeah. You're gonna. You're gonna find out. I, I, I feel like I'm at the beginning of Finding Nemo. Are you Nemo? No, I'm Mar Marlin. Marlin is the person who goes through the shit in Finding Nemo. Oh my God, where was I? This whole time. I thought it was just Nemo. You're like, the pelican, Nemo. yeah. No, oh, yeah. Mar Mar yeah, Marlon's the one. Marlon, like, ha has to learn how to let go. That's deep. Yeah. And have fun. I should watch that again. You should. You should. You I recommend cry. everybody watches it at least once a year. You will cry. Songwriting and artists I've asked this question roughly three yeah, times. Yeah, I don't do it again. <laughs> Please. We're going to have to go into something else. Um, so, it's interesting because it was, like, simultaneously I was, like, doing all these weird different things like with music. I hated songwriting, but I, I loved songwriting at the same time. I didn't want to be writing with anyone and I still am kind of that way. <laughs> like I was afraid of like the judgment of being in a room with other people when I was writing or giving away something to someone else, like another artist or whatever. Like I always wanted to be the artist. So I imagine <clears throat> that that must be also sort of mutually linked to appreciating the validation of like when you get it right in a room of people absolutely yeah so through this like this thing i was doing in texas like i there was like a songwriting like like not class but like i had like camp or there was all kinds of stuff like that and i just hated it like i would cry i didn't want to go because i didn't want to like share my feelings with other people it just made me feel weird and like but i would go home and i'd start producing and i would do it by myself and like those habits die really hard because i still do that like i'll be in a session and i cry no i'm just kidding but <laughs> but i'm like why don't we just hang out like i like you guys let's just hang out 
I don't do that either, but I've done it. Why ruin it with writing a song? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I'm like, why ruin this relationship with that? But it just sounds douchey if I say it, but like I'm an artist, like 100% at heart. Like this, I want to give what I have to say to like myself and to people just because I feel like I, I feel things so intensely and it's hard to communicate with other people. So that's why I do it essentially. And um, what were we talking about? <laughs> The beginning, the, I mean, the beginnings of songwriting. No, but I, I, th- I, what I yeah. think is, and we were talking about it before. I think what's interesting is that, like, as like writers, we're not necessarily guarded, but I think we're sort of defaultly on the defensive. Yeah, I think that you know we have grown up having to prove ourselves, right, to the point of feeling like even when people don't need us to to prove ourselves, we feel that pressure regardless right. of whether yeah. or not it's there. Which is something I think some, we, you know, sessions kind of grow you out of but that I still think is you know a hard feeling to shake it's a it's a really complicated thing like I've gone through so many different phases of music and songwriting and just life it's like it goes hand in hand you know would you say you've over the last couple of years have have let your guard down to a degree yeah and I I think it's just a matter of like I know that music people are my people and that, that's mm. that's who understands me and that's who I understand and that's who I connect with. So it is, it's easy for me to let my guard down, but it's when it comes down to like having a song and a solid product at the end of the day, like I'm not the kind of person that's able to like, we're going to give this song to this person. Like we're going to write this song for this person. Like I'm very like, if I really have something to feel and say, like that's when it's easy. Yeah. But if it's like there's an objective, it kind of feels like an office job. Songwriting always felt like a way to sort of get outside of my myself. Yeah. Like, and that gives, a lot, I think, a lot of perspective. Yeah. To sort of get yeah. out. And likewise, one of the first songs I wrote for somebody else was for a guy who was married. Hmm. And I had just been dumped. Or was getting married and I had just been dumped. Dumped is such a harsh word. Don't say that. You were consciously uncoupled. No, I was not. It was not a con- conscious. It at was all. not conscious. At no, all. I was. I, I was. <laughs> I was, was dumb. I was dumb. I was dumbfoundedly dumped. Yeah. Oh God, I'm sorry. I was. I was uh, uh, blindedly. It was something co- conscious. I Should we like, talk about it? We could. That's, that's that's what songwriting is for, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, we can write a song about it. Okay. Yeah. I feel like dumped is an inappropriate word. It's just taking a dump. <laughs> Taking a big old dump in the toilet. On my heart. It was a dump on my heart. That's why that's why we call it that. That's the next song. It's the next single, guys. Dump, dump on, on my dump heart. On my heart. <laughs> Abby sometimes is here with Stay her new single. Dump, dump on, on my heart. heart. So, so you started songwriting. Yes. Before you started the artist experience. Yes. Essentially. Not on purpose. I so when I first came out to LA, I was linked up with a producer, and then I was over at David Foster's Verve label. Okay. And it was kind of a shitty situation for me, but me being the optimist that I am, I was like, this is great. But I was literally locked into a contract where someone was stealing my money. (laughs) And I was writing for all these artists that were putting songs out and I had no idea. (laughs) But that's the industry. But I learned so much through that period of of just writing. And and I think the fact that I'm blind to so many things (laughs) is really helpful. Well, and it's also, you know, everybody kind of makes, you know, a mistake once. Like, right. you know, the idea is to, to fail to learn, yeah. but not yeah. fail too badly. And, you know, what Will, I think Will Smith <coughs> said, like, fail forward. So when did you start the Happy Sometimes experience? <laughs> I had been out here doing, like, the writing thing for a while and simultaneously posting YouTube videos. Like covers or originals? Covers. But I did this thing where... 
I wouldn't listen to this. Like the songs would come out and it was still like when iTunes had the charts and there was no Spotify or anything. Mm-hmm. So songs would come out and I'd see what the top, you know, four or five songs were. And I'd just pick one and I'd look up the chords on guitar and I'd just start playing it and I'd start singing it <laughs> without even knowing what the song no, sounded like. Without even listening to the song. Yeah. Wow. So like that was my thing on YouTube. Like blissful, ignorant. <laughs> yeah. Like... And like, genius? so some people, some yeah. people thought people would get in fights on my videos. They'd be like, this is awesome. And then the other people would be like, this doesn't sound anything like the song, like whatever. And I like started getting a lot of views. So once I signed my first like management deal and what, all. What was, was there like a specific song that popped off? Pumped up kicks. No oh, shit. Interesting. Yeah. So that was the one. And it was like, I think it was like a million views oh. for like for someone who doesn't know what the fuck they're doing well that was probably 2012 2013 yeah. Yeah. yeah so like i was doing that also writing up here and then i was at this point where i had gotten out of the deal that i was in and then in another deal and then out of that deal and then i was with a publisher and all this stuff and i was like you know i'm really tired of like feeling like i'm not sharing everything that i possibly can share with the world and with people because i was writing so much but it was like nobody got what i was trying to do so that's when i really started like honing in on my production <clears throat> and i was like you know what like i'm just gonna make an ep and i'm just gonna put it out myself i have been editing videos forever and doing all this stuff. So I had all the tools to do that. But it's like, once you make a decision to do something, it's almost like the world's like, oh, well, we can give you this though. (laughs) So it's like, so then I, so then I was in another deal situation and that's kind of where the happy sometimes thing came about because I had this whole EP done. And they were like, so how will it come out? And you're like, oh, by the way. No, and they were, and and it was these two guys. And it was my first session with this guy, Elon. He was like, it's so interesting that you do all this because I'm starting a label with uh, my manager called Northern Streams. And we'd love to, you know, have you be the first artist on this label. And I was like, cool, let's do it. My mom's like, Kara, no. And I'm like, (laughs) yes, let's go. (laughs) And I was like, I don't, this is just how I live my life. I'm like, I'm here for it. Like, what else am I going to do? And sign me away. So I was in that session and I was like, well, I just don't know if I want to go by Kara because Kara is kind of boring and stupid and I hate my name, but I like it. But Any artists that go by Kara, I just listen to this like, hey. Yeah. And I, sorry. No, <laughs> sorry. I, I, I actually, I love my name now, but. I was going through a thing. Okay, it's fine. Elon, it was our, literally the first day we ever met. So now I'm already like about to sign a contract and <laughs> going for it. <laughs> and he's like, well, what are you? Like, what's your thing? Like, what do you, you know, want to go by? And I was kind of thinking like, well, I don't want to change my name. I don't want to have a completely different identity where I walk out on stage and someone says like, here's Karen something. Right. And I'm like, who's that? <laughs> but he's like, well, what are you? And I said, you know, I'm sad a lot of the time and depressed most mostly and all this stuff. And he's like, you know, just being like 20. <laughs> it sucks. I mean, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Angst. And he's like, well, you can't be sad all the time. And I was like, well, I'm happy sometimes. And he was like, and I was like, zinga, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> that's a ding. Oh, that was a ding. I feel like when these moments happen, you just know <laughs> that yeah. it's an, that it's a moment. Sure. <laughs> and, at the time, I was still. You hear, you hear the strings rise. Yeah, and the, yeah. The, the camera, quiet, the camera Kevin's zooms in. Yeah. down to me, and they're like, "This is a moment." Jangly indie rock starts playing. Yeah, like, this is the montage. Yeah, 
the montage segment. Yeah, so that day when we said happy sometimes for like the moment, montage, whatever. Zoot camera zooms in. Every, yeah. Everything like was available. And that was crazy because I was mm. like, there's no fucking way happy sometimes is going to be available. Happy sometimes.com, happy sometimes Instagram, Twitter, everything. MySpace. And like, you know, that's, that's that feeling is better than the feeling of coming up with a good name. The feeling of coming up with a good name and then realizing that it's available on social media. It's, is it gets that much better. Anything yeah. else. Yeah. And, and it really like I couldn't give myself a reason that that wouldn't make sense for me. It was like all of my music's very like melancholy, but also like not depressing. Like I'm it just it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. Um, but I got in the car and I was like, Mom. I'm going to sign this deal and I'm going to go by happy sometimes. And she's like, uh, that's dumb. <laughs> I'll never forget the moment. Cause I was like, no, I don't think it is mom, but I listened to everything my mom says. And I was kind of like, what? Well, no, there's, just, there's, there's just nothing like having an epiphany that like feels groundbreaking and you go to somebody and they're like, that's stupid. That's stupid. <laughs> yeah. It feels like ground shatter. And, yeah. and, and the movies tell yeah. us that like you tell your friend, they're like, Oh, that's good. <laughs> and like, the movie like also tell us that you make your first song and you show it to your friends and they're like, you could be something. Yeah. Today. Yeah. You know, like that was the moment I was I was hoping for and it didn't happen. Yeah. My mom's like, that's stupid. Don't like basically quit your day job, even though this was my day job. But whatever. <laughs> I, I, I te- when I was in uh, New York, I, I texted uh, Noah four o'clock in the morning. It was me on my voice memo going. Ah, 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 ah. The caption underneath <laughs> the voice memo was this is what a hit sounds like. <laughs> Were you drunk? No, I was just I just woke up. I like I had this like I, I had the melody in like a dream or whatever and I, I woke up and voice note and texted it to him. <laughs> you just laugh into your glass. I just like it's imploded. Anyways. So you signed this deal. Your mom hated the name. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna do it anyway. I was like, screw you, mom. Then I had like, you know, the moment of doubt where I'm like, well, is this dumb? But then like a couple weeks went by and I was like, if I don't be happy sometimes, like I'm, I have nothing. <laughs> Just like so dramatic. I'm like, my life's over. So moral of the story is I signed this deal, did that. That was the beginning of happy sometimes. My 21st birthday seems like I was so old, but I'm still only 23. No, I mean, we're, we're, we're both. I mean, Noah's 22. I'm, I'm 23. Yeah. I, but like my joke is like, I feel like I've been so old. For I feel so, long. so old. Yeah. yeah. I, I just don't, I don't know, like no one specifically. I got old, but like it I feel kind of wise. Yeah. I feel weathered. Yeah. Tired. Tired. Like, like I feel like an old pair of leather gloves. <laughs> I feel like a pat pl- thrown into the shed. <laughs> I feel like a plastic bag just drifting in the wind. Oh yeah, you know, ready to start again. Ready to know, be a firework. Ready to be over a firework. There? Yeah, I'm the bag from American Beauty. That just <laughs> ding ding ding. <laughs> Anyways, so you signed the deal. Oh yeah, I signed a deal, but I <laughs> sounds like you did it in blood, and it was to Ursula. It was. General theme is watch what you sign. Yes. Watch what you sign, but we also don't have, we don't have to go into it. But like, but the, I'm the, the worst. The, the, I'm the worst person to talk to about it because I'm like, sign everything, do everything because it moves you forward. Yeah, like, you it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, I've never been someone. It's it's horrible because I everybody takes my money, so I'm broke as fuck. But throughout all of these shit situations, I've done all of the things that like I wanted to do. 
Mm-hmm. You, Kid, you want to be a musician? You want to be a musician? Have you heard about uh, this music industry? You want to see your name in lights? Yeah, we can put your name in lights. How much you want? Come down to my shop lights. on Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, Hollywood Boulevard. We'll put, we'll put your name, name in lights. lights. Yeah. Names. So your lights. name here. Yeah, your your name your here name. in lights. Yeah. In lights. Yeah, your name is fifteen bucks. Fifteen bucks and hundred percent of your income. Yeah. Um, you have one of my favorite Instagram bios uh, of anybody. Thanks. Well, it went from I have a gold record, but I'm too broke to buy it. Do I have a platinum record? And I'm too broke to buy it. (laughs) Yeah, that's been that's phenomenal. It was like literally like I so I found out my song Parallel Lines went gold, first of all. And that was like crazy to me, only because everybody else was calling me and being like, that's crazy. And I was like, is it? (laughs) My mom calls me. She goes, where's the money? (laughs) I called her and I was like, I was like, mom, I, I just found out I have a gold record. She's like. But where's the money? She's like, you're supposed to get paid, and you She's didn't like, I'm get paid. The same question. I was like, I was like, mom, just be happy for me for a second. I told you, I, I mean, I got back from New York yesterday, and, yeah. and the whole week, I'm like, yeah, I started this podcast. It's great. I'm interviewing these awesome people, and they're like, yeah, but how do you get paid for that? I'm like, I don't. <laughs> I went to a seminar, and this girl was like, moral of the story: if you want to do music, go to college. And I sat there, and I was like. I was like, are you sure? <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like I've always been. And it, what's nice is that. So my father was more or less obsessed with self-help seminars growing up, which mm-hmm. means that I grew up not believing anything. <laughs> like, I, you know, Good. you know, that's the thing. Like, my dad was like so into dogma that like I grew up that nobody could tell you this is how you do it because not only is there not one way to do it, but even if there was, it changed yesterday yeah i mean everybody's path is different um if you go to college and you and you get something from that grade i was just one of those people that didn't even we 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 sort of we sort of cancel out the um statistic because i dropped out and he didn't yeah Yeah. so if we both you know sleeping lion does the thing then it's just a a, uh yeah it's just point point for both sides yeah Yeah. exactly (laughs) yeah it's in and I still believe like I'm a very educated person in a lot of ways that I probably wouldn't be if I went to school and did the whole thing. Well, you um, just learn a lot by being in this. Like, yeah, you it's it's impossible not to. It's if you really feel like you this is your calling and this is your life, like that's you're hungry for the knowledge that you get, I guess. I, and I've also always felt that you, you know, you get very smart by being dumb about a lot of stuff. Yeah. That's you why know, I'm like, sign everything. Let's yeah, go. yeah. You, I mean, you learn. Give me the, the lesson. Yeah, you learn yeah. the. <laughs> date me. <laughs> you say date me. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what I'm about to say. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. That's the, that's the whole fucking thing. It's yeah. Like, you know, you you uh you mess up enough times, you're like, oh, that's what it looks like to not fuck it all yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. I still have yet to get there. Oh well, call me when you it, do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Right. Yeah. But that's that's part of it. That's why it's a fun. It's fun. I mean, not to anyone. Everybody else is like, "Care, are you okay?" And I'm like, "I'm having a great time." Well, <laughs> no, no industry lets yeah. you fuck up so beautifully. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. true. Because because you get to fuck up and then write about it. Yeah, and that other, could be your come up. It's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It really but is. Like other other industries, you fuck up and like some guy loses a hand. 
literally yeah you know here it's like that's it, like you wait, get nothing from that is that lumberjacking lumberjacking saw yeah. like saw welding industrial i guess yeah. Yeah. yeah i just don't like pressure yeah that, like in the moment you know right. if, if somebody's like yeah if you don't do this in five minutes you're fucked i'm like yeah, no i'm like i'm gonna go do something else <laughs> yeah <laughs> i want to mess up like roughly 12 times a, yeah you know a minute and learn from each one um and not have anybody get hurt by it Right. Yeah. It's like whatever floats your boat and doesn't sink others. Buoyancy. Yeah. Like if you, <laughs> buoyancy, a life vest. A life vest. A tomato, Later. tomato, tomato yeah. a boat, a surfboard. <laughs> a bunch of surfboards. <laughs> a lot of surfboards. A raft of surfboards. <laughs> a cruise ship. <laughs> you lying on your own back. Bring your friends. Bring your friends. <laughs> Yeah, the tide rises every ship. My know? face is warm. <laughs> My face is cold. What's your face like? My face is medium, I guess. Room temp. Anyways, guys. So, <laughs> I first heard you for on Love for the Weekend. Yes. What? When did that song? You know, like what, what was it like when that song came out? Because that, that that was the first kickoff, yeah. Yes, it wasn't going to be, but it was. <laughs> so this, the full story of this song, I. Somehow, like I, I go blindly and all of this stuff. But when I was signed to this indie label, I somehow caught the attention of Spotify from literally no, like nowhere. Like at this point, I literally have never put music out. Just from like the the, the company or like curators or yeah, curators. Like so, there's three curators: Austin Kramer, Mike Begain, and Nick Holmston, who mm -hmm. started the playlist. So Austin Kramer was super interested in in the project. He did electronic. Well, yeah. he does electronic. Yeah. yeah. So and then Mike does all the a lot of the pop stuff mm -hmm. for US and Nick is global pretty yeah. much everything. Austin Kramer sent me a folder of tracks and I didn't know who any of these people were. I'm like, who is this guy? No. So he sent me a folder of tracks and I was with my ex at the time. We were living in this shithole house with like seven producers. It was a whole thing. So yeah, so me and my my ex-boyfriend, we were going through these these tracks or whatever, and I was like, you should do something with your life. Do you want to come write this with me on this track? We didn't know who produced the tracks or anything. So we wrote Love for the Weekend, very tequila-infused song, middle of summer, lots of cigarettes, disgusting. I lived in like a trash house. I was a trash person. <laughs> My mom came to the house one time and she left and she cried. She was like, what have I done? <laughs> but oh that's man. LA, you know? Yeah, no, it and, and it was it was really like, it was a weird time, but I sent it over to the guys at Spotify and they were like, this is amazing. And we're like, what do you mean? And everyone loved it. I just, I've always been a very like, if I don't feel a song, like I don't feel the integrity of a song, then like I'm not, stoked on it but sometimes that's just how it works have you come around to it over time like i've definitely written songs that like haven't hit me in the moment but i'll hear it later and i'm like oh shit like that it's a well-written pop song yeah and i think that just because it didn't really mean that much to me at the time like doesn't mean it, it didn't need to happen or didn't need to come out and listeners have a relationship with a song yeah you know, and and that's of where you're at yeah. and it's kind of the moment where like because it did so well I realized that I am writing songs for other people. And sometimes those songs are just to make you feel good. And it doesn't always have to be like, this is my take on everything. This is how I feel. It's very like, you know, there's a lot of gray area, but 
yeah, just because that song didn't make me feel the best doesn't mean that it didn't make someone's day. Right. Yeah. And and that's why we do it. We do it for them. And it still is. I mean, today somebody <coughs> hears that song for the first time. Yeah. And yeah. the and they and they it makes them feel something. Yeah. Well, it was so it was cool that like it came from you know from Spotify. Like, yeah. It came from that. Which is crazy. So yeah. so the guy, so Nick Holmson, um, his son actually produced the track, and he oh, was wow. fifteen. Wow. And. I was like, he's 15. That's crazy. So, <laughs> I mean, it w- it did really well. It, it was on every New Music Friday. It was kind of like my first taste of all of that stuff, like around the world. And yeah, it was it was definitely like its own thing. Yeah. You wrote a lyric down. What lyric was that from? Love for the weekend. No, I did the parallel lines. Nice. Oh, well, so yeah. tell me about parallel lines. Um, parallel lines. I did half in my bedroom at home in Orange County, um, and half with my friend up here in. LA I would at the house I was kind of living at but it was before I was living there sometimes I feel like when I write songs it's it's completely subconscious like I don't even actually know what I'm saying when I'm saying it and then I look back and I'm like oh that makes so much sense like why I said that or why I was feeling that but I like every song that I put out is 100% from a place in my heart like I never I, I never really like sing songs that someone else wrote or anything. It's just very, right. yeah, I don't know. But that that one just went on its own journey. Well, and not to be like the French New Wave uh, director uh, Truffaut once said, but the French New Wave director Truffaut <laughs> once said, "Tell that me, everything he made was either uh, biographical or autobiographical." Yeah, that there, you know, there's always sort of, and I, I always say that I don't care about a song until there's skin in the game. Mm-hmm. When there's something in it, like it would hurt you to lose. Mm. What I mean to say is, you put uh, you put yourself in the songs that you make, or yeah. you put what you've experienced, the stories of other people. You know, it's into a very, it. it's a weird thing. I'll sit because I sit down at my computer like all like literally every single day of my life is me sitting at my computer and either like hating myself or just blacking out <laughs> like there's no in between i'm either like Though I, I mean i guess it's good that you're not blacking out hating yourself yeah that right good, that's, no yeah, yeah. yeah. but i'm not i don't mean like blacking out in a drinking no, sense i mean, like, I mean you're, it's you're like in i'm, I'm yeah. in a zone yeah, yeah, yeah. and i don't know what's going on but yeah. i will in like 12 hours and then everyone's gonna be like are you okay like i haven't heard from you all day my mom's like care i thought you died she's calling my friends it's a whole thing but what were we talking about <laughs> parallel lines parallel lines yeah, so that song um, was one of those kind of accidents, and I was making my my EP at the time, and it didn't really fit like with the rest of the the stuff. But I knew it was a special song, and Dubs, the DJ duo, DVBBS, <laughs> they came along, and they they were like, "We want this song," and how, I was how like, "How you- much?" <laughs> 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 Show me the money. <laughs> and they paid me. <laughs> Wait, how, how, how did you meet them? So this is another I, I crazy It sounds like you met thing. them at an auction. It's just like, <laughs> how, how much? Song? How much? Song? No. Everyone, I say 500, this is, another, this is another crazy story. Like all my, my entire life is like all of these weird, like tangled events happening. So like I went to my, my publisher set me up in a session with unmentioned DJ. There was a guy working at the studio who managed a, a DJ named Borges. So I had this song called Lost Angeles that I wrote down in Orange County. And like, it was like the shittiest production ever, which is like a guitar and like whatever. And and he was like, Borges wants this song. So Borges was gonna release Lost Angeles. But then Dubs was like, no, we want this. And I was like, who the fuck are you? And um, moral of the story is two years went by <laughs> and nothing happened. Wait, so they wanted it, did Borges just cut it? 
got, he did. They did a whole thing. Like both of them did. Oh, okay. And then Dubs was going to release it. Like for sure it was a whole thing. And then it didn't happen. So when Parallel Lines came around, like we had already had this relationship of like they knew who I was. They're like she's I dope. The song didn't happen. Let's do another thing. Right. And yeah. I was a little hesitant because I was like, I don't want to put a song on hold that I think has potential. And then they were like, no, 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 we got this. We're going to do it. And so they did. They released it. Uh, it was 2017, I believe. Um, and it did really well. I mean, it's it got it was a platinum record now. Yeah. And I went it, to it charted, right? Yeah. So it was on radio um, in a lot of places. And people were sending me videos like from London, like from Canada, US, oh. all over the place. And I was the my mom like called me and Zara and was like, Carrie, your song's playing. And I was like, what do you mean? Was it always the intention that you'd be singing on it or was it? Yeah. I mean, I would, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of selfish and I mean, not selfish. I mean, I've worked my ass off my entire life, but like, (laughs) (laughs) just how dare you work your ass off your whole life? No, but I, I, I just, I don't want to give away like, because I come from such a fragile place when I'm writing, like it's really hard for me to give that to someone. But it's also, I mean, it's, it's, but it's nice of, because oftentimes there will be the case where somebody will really care about the song yeah, and the artist would be like, oh, fuck it. Let's get a feature that will be, you know, this or that or whatever. Right, this right. Like, no, they recognize that this was an important song to you. Yes. And, and, and it was never a question of like if who was going to sing it and all like of this. you were on it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was what I was curious about. If yeah. that was always mm. sort of explicit and. Yeah, yeah. And I think that like I'm so thankful for like the experience of that song that came out of nowhere like most of them do. But like they were awesome and they like they brought me to Canada to shoot like the music video and all this stuff. And we did like the Dreams Festival. And I had, I was on the plane and we got off the plane and I was like, I had no makeup on, like a sweatshirt. And like, <laughs> they called my manager and they're like, does Kara want to like sing at this like festival or whatever? There's like 20,000 people, like what, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and I was like, let's fucking go. <laughs> and so I literally put like these high boots on that like my mom made and I was like, let's go. And I like went out there and there I was like running into like the fire, like part, like, you know how they exit out for like the pyro. And so I was like going out there and I'm like strutting, like the security guards like <laughs> coming and pumbling, <laughs> like attacking me. It's, like, like don't get set on fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it was like, that was like the first glimpse of like, wow, like my song that I wrote in my room, like can bring me here. And then two months later, we did Lollapalooza. And that was like 50,000 people. It was fucking insane. And like, just because of one song. Yeah. And Were you nervous? Oh my God, I was (laughs) shitting myself. I was like, I'm not going to be nervous. But first of all, so we, I was with my ex at the time and I brought him along because my mom couldn't come. Thanks, mom. Um, (laughs) There's so much mom shade, but also like like adornment. I know. It's like, I can't really like say anything bad. I'm just like, mom, why are you like this? So we like, Dubs was like, we're going to be there like 11 a.m. Let's go. Meet us in the artist section or whatever. Like, because they have the whole back like artist thing. And there's like tents and where everyone eats and stuff. So, and free drinks. So me and my, (laughs) me and my ex, (laughs) we're sitting there. From 11 a.m. till 9 o'clock at night when I finally went on. Because they were like, we're going to be there early. And they didn't show up till five minutes before the set. So we're like, there's free tequila, free Tito's, like booths, like all this stuff. And he did, like I had an artist wristband, so I was able to like go everywhere. 
and they gave him the wrong wristband so he couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> and I, we, so we were stuck in this thing and I'm like, well, I guess we should like have a drink or something. Like, I don't know. So we're like just trying not to get drunk all day. <laughs> this fucking artist like- The struggle of an open bar that you can't struggle. drink at? Yeah, I was like, oh, I can't do that. It's hot, I'm like in my full outfit. Like just, it was a whole thing. And then it's like no glamor at all. And they get there and we get there. I have like two minutes before I have to go on stage. And I'm like, well, fuck. It was my first time using in-ears too. And I was just like, well, we're winging this one. But like 50,000 people. So like, I don't even know. And they, they have like fans in the backstage area, like kind of like behind the booth. Yeah. And um, I walked up and they're like, okay, you're, you're going on, like whatever. And like the fans are like rubbing me on the back. Like, they're like, you're going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm letting you down. You you just discovered a new thing called fan therapy. Yeah. This is where you, you walk into a room, there's roughly 25 people who know your music, and they're like, you're great. Great. Don't worry about your problems and they're trauma. Like, and they're like, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Kill it. You're going to kill it. And I was like, oh, no. So then I get up there, and the first thing I said, I was like, he was like, you know, doing his whole thing, like, we're going to welcome out, like, a very special, like, happy Sunday, yeah, yeah. And I just walk up, and I'm like, what the fuck's up, Chicago? <laughs> but, like, no one heard me. <laughs> and I immediately was cringing. What the fuck's up, Chicago? <laughs> it was so bad. It's horrible. And the whole thing was being live streamed, because it's all Lollapalooza. So all my friends at home are like, Kara, what was that? And I'm just like, but it was amazing. I blacked out. <laughs> but, like, good blackout. It was a good blackout. Yeah. Like that was like, oh, that's, I, I got off stage and I started crying. I was like, this is all I want to do. And my boyfriend's like, I have to pee. <laughs> and then everyone's stopping me because my outfit was great. So they were all just like, oh my God, I love your outfit. He's like, I have to pee. I'm like, go in the fucking alley. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you are harshing my mouth. right my now. Moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to pee. But other than that, it was great. <laughs> are you ready for the question round? Are you ready for the question round? Oh my God, it's happening now? Yeah. It's happening now. Okay. Ding. So we all just like take out, like let out a big. Ah! Ah! Welcome to Talking Lion. <laughs> I'm happy sometimes. So we're about to do the question round that Kara <laughs> suggested, and we agree that it we should do me. a shot beforehand. So we're doing a shot of Jägermeister. To good decisions, but bad ones right now. Health. Health. To health. Salute. L'chaim. L'chaim. That wasn't enough to make a baby go to sleep. Do people say that? No, not at all. <laughs> I like that, though. All right. Are you ready for these questions, though? I don't know. All no. right. Question one. What is your phone background? It's stupid. Aww. Aww. Describe it for the people me at home. And, me and young John. John at Ron Barcia. Well, we had, you know, we had Sarah on the show. Um, yeah. We had the full transvital experience at some point. I like didn't want to be gross and talk about it, but like it's such a weird thing how this whole thing played out. I don't know if we should talk about it. No, here. talk about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll, so let's talk about it. I don't want to talk about it, but like, I don't want. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, you're like, you're like Kristen Wiig on that uh, <laughs> SNL. Don't make me sing. Don't make me sing. Please, don't make me sing. Don't make me sing. <laughs> um, it was weird. Like, for those of you who don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. John plays <laughs> drums in Transviolet. We wrote a song with Transviolet. That is how we met each other. You and I? You and I. <laughs> Who is this? Hello? Hello? Mom? Is the Uber here? Yeah, so it's weird. Like three years ago, there was an article, like when I first put out my EP and it was, it said, happy, th 
That Jaeger is really getting to me. Happy sometimes. <laughs> Anyways, I'm taking over now. This is my show. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Three years ago. Three years ago, there was an article that came out. <laughs> and it said, happy sometimes is the best thing to come out of LA since Transviolet. And it was like, at the time, I had already been listening to their stuff. And like, I got a lot of like influence from that band. Just random, like... I don't know. We were really influenced by it. Yeah. And um, I feel like I was like seven because I was on Tumblr like when I discovered (laughs) them. And I was like, I had like my my Tumblr was like popping. Like I was getting like Tumblr famous for no reason. It was my first Discover Weekly. Really? Yeah. Spotify was happening? uh, Girls Your Age was was the first Discover Weekly. Yeah. So like I found out about it because um, Harry Styles like Mm -hmm. was singing it. How gross am I? And I was like, what band is that? Just like everyone else. But then that article came out and I like remembered it because I had become like a fan of their band and whatever. And my mom like would be like, why are you always playing the song? And I'm like, because I like it and whatever. And this is back and forth to LA from OC. Shut up, mom. Don't tell me what I'm like, mom, you don't know me at all. I'm a kid. So that happened. And then my publisher set tried to set us up in like sessions like four times. And like every single time it like fell through. And I was bummed because I was like, I love the band, like, we could write great music. And, like, (laughs) then moral of the story is, like, we ended up having a session, not writing a song, drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm dating him. (laughs) And now he's my phone background. Next question. (laughs) Nice. And your iPhone background is you guys kissing. (laughs) Giving a big old smooch. (laughs) Um, Next question. Do you have a non-musical hobby? No. I guess like a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. collectible. I play a lot of Scrabble. Ooh. Hey, you're on. Next question. Which fictional universe would you want to live in? If I say Harry Potter, that's stupid. So. No, I mean, that's, yeah, a that's fair one. about the most standard answer you could give. About- Not Narnia, just because it's <laughs> evil. There's weird things there. That seems chill because it's basically our world, but just with a little more magic. A little more magic. Right. What's your superpower? Um, Day drinking. <laughs> I hate you. I would say my superpower is being able to see through negative things and just keep going in like a in, in a forward motion. And like whether that's people or events or just different things. Like I always see the best in people. Um, I'm like the person that's friends with the people that, that everyone's like, why are you friends with them? Or why do you talk to them? Like they're bad. I'm like, no, but they have good hearts. <laughs> but like, but I, I just, I think that because of that, I've been able to have this like tunnel vision through my career and like, and through all my relationships and just whether it works out or not, it's, it's always taught me something and I've kept what, going. What I appreciate is that you have a, a commitment to motion, which I think I do too. Yeah. You know, I think. I'm definitely cautious about things, and I'm definitely, like, I, I plan a lot, I think, but what's always been important to me is that there's a feeling of momentum, mm-hmm. you know, so. And that's, I think, the most important thing for anyone doing anything is just don't stop moving, because so many people get wrapped up in the thought of, like, things not working out, or, like, the fear that, you know, you'll get rejected, or whatever, and yeah, I think just motion, and I've always subconsciously been able to do that, and I think... I actually just had this conversation with someone that I thought that this was my like superpower. I well, and I, I was, you know, <clears throat> semi joking, but I, I feel like my superpower is I, I get overwhelmed very easily, which sounds like a weakness. But honestly, when you're overwhelmed by everything, you get very good at 
compartmentalizing yeah. and goal setting and, and breaking everything down into so in a weird way like weaknesses can also be it, absolutely i mean you yeah. talk about you talk about tunnel vision like it's a positive thing and it, yeah. and it can be yeah but it can you know? be negative i just don't it's perspective it's perspective everything. yeah like your flaws are are sometimes the best things about you yeah you know it's, it's tunnel vision but it's a pretty cool tunnel yeah yeah and it's still a vision whoa, whoa. all right important question <laughs> oh, okay. think carefully oh god would you be a pirate i mean i'd say that i am holy Whoa. shit do you want me to elaborate <laughs> yeah elaborate a little bit on that <laughs> i mean i download all, music illegally it all started in 1860s 1816 <laughs> on a ship <laughs> next question next question uh what was your first tattoo <sighs> well it was no i had to think for a second okay it was this one i haven't like so all of my tattoos have been like my friends have somehow convinced me to like go with them and they think it's a good idea to buy me a tattoo like so i got this cross because my my friend tony was getting a cross and he's like (coughs) but he got it because i was getting a cross he's like go get a tattoo with me and i'm like the only thing i would get is cross so he also got one what are some of the others? So this was my first one, the cross, and then I got the Happy Sometimes logo. My same friend. Is <laughs> it like, Tony? Was his name Tony? Yeah, Tony. Hey, Tony, we're going to hey, get a Tony. tattoo. Yeah. No, he's like, because he was working with me on my project. He's the one that I did Parallel Lines with. Oh, cool. Um, And he was like, let's get Happy Sometimes tattoos. And I was like, sure. Like, I think you're crazy, but I'm down. <laughs> and so he got it on his He got own. it too. He got it first. Wow. We went together, but like, I wasn't going to get it. And then he got like, it, it was the biggest tattoo on his arm. And I was like, fuck, I don't think I can get out of this one. So <laughs> I doubt your commitment to sparkle motion. <laughs> yeah. So like I, I ended up getting that and then um, got the follow the yellow brick road one. My mom's handwriting. Which I really like that one. Thank you. And then I got this. This is a funny story. What does it say? It's I-L-Y-M and it's I love you more. And like, so me and my <laughs> ex-boyfriend, we're doing like a side project called I love you more. Like one word. It's stupid. But I got this when we broke up as like my like, fuck you. I was like, this is done. It's over. And then like he got it when we got back together. And then and then he and he didn't tell me like I sent this. I sent like every video that was taken. I was like, I'm getting this for you. Like just being gross. You really were over that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then and then he and then he got it on his finger and then. We broke up again and he got like barbed wire around it and then he got and then that faded away and then he got red a red line through it and that faded away and then he got R.I.P. on his other finger like because apparently this finger wasn't working. So he got R.I.P. and then that faded away. So like the next time I saw him like a year later, all he had was the I love you more. And I was like, you little fucker. I was like, sorry. But, you know, so that's that one. (laughs) And then I have Pooh Bear because, you know, the new song. What is it about Pooh Bear? Not going into the new song, but what is it about the character that speaks to you? Well, there's a lot of things. Like, I'm a very, like, I take comfort in feeling like a kid. Like, I think that's probably a problem. (laughs) Like, I think most psychologists would say, you're a little fucked up. But, like, like, I sleep with, like, a hundred stuffed animals. Like, that's just... Listen, I sleep with a stuffed lion. Gonna come out on the record and say that, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's it's a it's to me it's like I feel like a kid, like I feel safe. Yeah. yeah, I think people underestimate how important it is to feel 
comfortable and safe. And it doesn't matter how you get there. But Pooh Bear is one that like I have had since I went to Disney World when I was really like little. And uh, my ex would like, he like took it from me basically and would like sleep with it. <laughs> but Pooh Bear actually like it represents like all these me- mental, like the whole thing is mental childhood. health. Yeah. And ch- and, oh, oh. Yeah. The whole show is based off mental health. So it's like every character in Winnie the Pooh uh, represents like a different disorder. Oh. You didn't know that? I knew that. No, it is. It's, well, okay, yours depression. Yeah. Is rabbit. OCD. OCD. Mm. Piglets, uh, he has a stutter and he's what's. Anxious. Yeah. Pooh Owl. Dyslexia. Huh. Tigger? Mania. ADD. ADHD. And, okay. And, uh, and what's Pooh? I think Pooh's like a, a combination of all of them. Huh. No, Christopher Robin's schizophrenic. That's why he has all these friends. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> This is kind of a mind-blowing... Wow. So there's a lot of things that go into it. <laughs> well, on that note, what was your first concert? Uh, Good segue, Noah. Yeah, right? yeah wow. Like... Britney Spears in Vegas when I was eight. Wow. Nice. My parents took a houseboat trip, and we went to Britney Spears. Nice. It was like in her I'm a slave for you days, and I was like, oops. I love this. If you see Britney Spears twice, the second time do you say, oops, I did it again? And if you see her multiple times, is that toxic? You're funny. (laughs) Did you come up with this just now? Just now. I don't believe you. Off the dome. I don't believe you. I swear. No, you've never heard that before, have you? I've never heard that before. I I can attest that that was probably off the dome. That was off the dome. That was great. Thank you. Uh, What's your favorite holiday? Christmas. Nice. What's your favorite movie? (laughs) Um, Inglourious Bastards. Nice. Nice. What's your favorite book? I think Night by Eli Weasel. Nice. Or like The Most Dangerous Game. It's also a weird Mm. book, but I like it. Uh, favorite TV show? I really like Stranger Things, but that's just because I'm watching it right now. It's definitely not my favorite show, but I'll, it's one of them. But that's the thing. Like, I feel right now like it's my favorite show. Yeah, yeah when you're watching Stranger Things, it's yeah. definitely your favorite show. What's the best <laughs> date you've been on? Aww. I've only been on like two. I had some shit boyfriends. Not gonna lie. The best date. I just went golfing with John and he wrote on the scorecard, best date ever. So I'm gonna go with that. That's cute. <laughs> Shout out to John. That was sweet. Shout out John. Shout out to Cole. Love you, John. Um, Shout out to Cole. PJ West. What Tiger a, Woods. What a sport. Um, Arnold Palmer. Arnold Palmer. <laughs> Par for the course. Let's hit the links. Can you whistle? <laughs> cool. Nailed Learned, it. Learned that one. Um, That's as good as it What's again. something you did that you'll never do again? Sign a deal without a lawyer? Hey. That's a fair one. Do you have a scar with a story? I have lots. I have one from going down <clears throat> on my hip. Oh, no, let me rephrase that. <laughs> I have one from going down a hill, like a really long hill, big hill, <laughs> super steep on a razor. And I literally like went down this hill and I just plopped over to my side and landed on a rock. And then like the next day, like crashed a pocket bike. I was like seven. My parents were like, I don't care what she does. (laughs) I I have no feeling in my middle finger. Um, And I have a huge scar. You can see it. Did it fall off? Yeah. (laughs) Wait, okay, sorry. What? My brother. So we had like in my house in uh, Orange County, we had like these really heavy, heavy doors. And my brother was an asshole, and he was like, you can't get in my room. And I was like, yes, I can. And I put my finger in between, like, the, the frame and the, and the door, 
and he was like opening and closing and he's like ha ha and then he slammed the door and it was closed and my finger was on the other side and it like you know like when you like bruise your finger and nail in like a car door or something yeah you guys look woozy <laughs> i'm just i'm just i i know this is gonna be uncomfortable whatever wherever this goes yeah so did, like did it fall off so i'm thinking because it cut off all the nerves i'm thinking like nothing is like it's a bruise like whatever and i like looked down and i was like oh my god because it was like my entire finger was just hanging like so they had to stitch it back on. Whoa. My mom wrapped it in a paper, like a dry paper towel. And I had to wait for three hours. Whoa. What was it like to not have Shield a finger off. for three hours? I, you don't know. It's It just feels, it doesn't, you don't feel it. <laughs> That's crazy. It's like phantom limb. Uh, do you have any recurring dreams? Ding. Ding. <laughs> yeah, the craziest dream that I've had a couple times has been like, so my friend Sean, he lives in NoHo, like in an apartment and. I had a dream where I was lying on his couch and I like something was pulling my hair and I saw something on the balcony, like just crazy. And like two, then it was really dark and weird. And like, it just kept saying like to get out of the apartment. And then like all this weird shit started happening at his apartment throughout the next couple of weeks. And his brother came to visit and was sleeping on the couch and had the same dream. Like the exact same dream. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. I have weird dreams. No, I mean, I, I, I'm always jealous of the flying dreams. So I always feel very heavy in my dreams. Like really? I feel like very sort of tired or lethargic sometimes. Mm. I have a lot of dreams with like celebrities that I end up meeting. Like uh, I used to have dreams about Hilary Duff all the time. And then like I hung out with her like multiple times. What? <laughs> Super weird. Yeah. That's come, yeah. Come clean as our shit. So like. Yeah. Yeah. I think like if you're a very intuitive person, your dreams do mean something sometimes no I, no, I, I, I agree I feel yeah. like um, our subconscious is like really good at processing stuff yeah and that like it's just aware of all the details like we can yeah. store entire people right in it so I think it's very interesting that when, when you have conversations with somebody you know I mean I, I conversations with exes you know in my in my dream where you know they're like yeah you're fine we're fine it's okay like stop thinking that we're fighting and then I'll eventually call them up and be like hey are we like, are you still mad? Like, is it okay? He's like, no, it's fine. Yeah. It's like, your brain knows that. Yeah. It's yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, like, I used to, like, draw, like, when I was little, I would draw pictures of New York City, never have been there, but I'm like, I'm going to live here. And, like, then, like, there was a time in my life, like, that, that it happened. And I was there for a couple months, but I was like, when I got there, I had that feeling of, like, when I was little and I just dreamed about it. And I was like, I manifested this shit. <laughs> I was like, I'm here. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's crazy. On that note, any advice to your teenage self? Honestly, no. I think because I was so reckless, I'm able to be the person that I am today and I'm able to not make those dumb mistakes. It was like, there's so many times where I tell, like, I'm, I'm like, thank God I was not, that I went through all of that then. Mm -hmm. Like, thank God I didn't do that now. Because there's yeah. so many times where people don't make those big mistakes until later in life and it's it's just not it's, I mean you learned early I learned is, early yeah. yeah and I doesn't mean I don't make a lot of big dumb mistakes but I have a lot of insight yeah because I was so stupid <laughs> you know it's important yeah do you have any advice for new artists producers and writers <sighs> it's hard <laughs> I think if you are doing this I think do everything 100% from your from your heart and never second guess yourself if you really feel it and if you fail be grateful and 
just keep going. Like we were talking about, like motion. It's the most important thing. I think, and and again, I said it before, like one of the things I appreciate the most about what you do is that you respect that movement, you know, like mistakes are just part of that, that motion in general. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of people see failure as a setback, but it's not. Yeah. No, too many people. And it's, and it's hard to, to try to talk someone out of that, to be like, this is like to look at, because I'm so on the other end of the spectrum where I'm like this is like, this is it. Like I'm in like literally the lowest of the low places I've been. (laughs) And I'm like, this is it. But like, that's a little unrealistic, but it's gotten me to, to have so many things that I've, that I have that I'm thankful for. And like, I think to try your hardest to think, you know, optimistically and to know that like, just be confident where you're going and, and identify where, where you want to go. Like first, first thing, you know? What are you most proud of? Oh, I'm most proud of the way that I handled my last year on Earth. <laughs> last year, 2018, was a really, really, really rough year for me. And with this like mentality that I have, like that I didn't even realize I had until all of this went like this bad things happened. But something happened. I like went and I did a movie and like signed a new deal. Like just all these things all at once, like within the course of like six months. And I think like I've learned so much about myself and like my strength, like going through these things that are difficult and, and coming out of them. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's like, I'm most proud of that. I'm most proud of doing this like movie that I did last year. What's the name of it? The year of the beetle. Hey, we're excited to see it. Yeah, I am too. I had like pink hair. I was ripping grits left and right. It was gross. Ripping what? Grits. Ripping grits. Like cigs. Oh, so you were like, like really going in on like, Ripping a, bowl, grits. like a bowl of grits, no, just like I'm just eating gross. porridge. Just I'm gross. I'm a gross person. All right. And what are you most excited for? I'm most excited for this next chapter of my music and just life in general and experiencing like different things and new things and moving forward. Like I feel like I'm so young and like I've experienced so many different things and different like chapters already. I've this past year just put my life into my music and um, telling my story like the way I want it to be told and getting better at production and all this stuff. And yeah, I'm just excited to put myself out there the way I truly like see myself, you know? Oh, I mean, we're excited for the new music. Thanks. Also, um, final question. Yes. Dang. Ah. So the next single is Pooh Bear. Yes. What was the process of making that song and what are you most excited about for that song? Oh God, there's so many things. So many things. Okay, so this song, I do a lot of like, when I go down to Orange County to see my parents, like I'll bring my USB mic and I'll like just make something and lay in my bed, like as lazy as possible. Be like, like that's just what I do. And this song just kind of happened. The lyrics are so stupid, simple, but like it just says everything I wanted to say. Cause at the time I had broken up with my boyfriend and like he was coming in and out and like, and all this stuff. And the concept of it is like I said before, like he like would hold on to my like Pooh Bear. <laughs> I was pissed. <laughs> I'm like that's mine, bitch. But he, no matter how much time had passed, he would come to my house because I let him in there like a stupid person. 
And he would get in my bed and he'd hold on to my pooper and he'd fall asleep. And I'd be like, when are you leaving? But it was this whole thing. Like I was- After just, you guys had broken up? Yeah. And I was like, but I was his, his family. I was his comfort. I was like everything. Like, and so it was just very like, I was at that point, I was almost observing it from like an outside perspective. So when I wrote Pooh Bear, it was like one of those times where I was, it was a complete accident. Like I just was in my house, in my parents' house and I was- just mumbling something and it came out and I was like, you can't say Pooh Bear and rhyme it with Uber. That's stupid. And I did. And it just sounded good. <laughs> I was like, whatever. It was like, I had been trying so hard, like for the past, like before I wrote the song to write a dumb, catchy pop song, mm -hmm. not dumb, but like no, but, but simple. Something that's simple, but has an honest origin, I think is yeah. really powerful. And I, and I had tried so hard <laughs> it was like <laughs> like i'm not even kidding like well it's just he, he kept coming over and it's like you got to listen to new rules right you know, step one yeah don't pick up the phone you know he's only calling because he's drunk and alone <laughs> two, two don't let him in you'll yeah, just have, have to, have to kick, kick him out, out again, again. Three, three don't, don't be, be his friend, friend. you morning. because if you're under him you, you ain't, ain't getting, getting over him, him. We're really looking forward to Pooh Bear coming out, and Thanks. it's been one of the funniest, most ridiculous podcasts we've done. Good. So it is good to see you, that's, Kara. That's my job. I that's come, your job. I bring the party. Oh, it's good to see you. Thank you for being on here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. And you know that you still kiss me just like you used to get in bed and hold on to Pooh Bear. We might fuck and then get some cheap food. You ask me to call you an Uber. I say, can we just talk? We would like to thank Jägermeister and Isotope for their early support of Talking Lion.